ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. Sold out 1999. One of the greatest pay-per-views of all. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> hey, 1999. I mean, I... It, for 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 those that are maybe a little younger or weren't following the business, I don't think you realize how awful WCW was at the end. Yeah, and, and the craziest part was is there were still. I mean, look, more people were watching it than watch AEW right now. More mm-hmm. people were in attendance at many of these things than go to an AEW show. And I'm not bashing AEW. I'm just saying, like. It was still pretty popular. It was horrible. I mean, it's just a testament to how hot wrestling was in 97, 98. Um, WWE, you know, was in 99, 2000. But, like, WCW, I mean, it's, you know, they still had a pretty talented roster. And as bad as the booking was, as dysfunctional as it was backstage because of, you know, all the changes in leadership and the, you know, Time Warner stuff and blah, blah, blah. But... Man, it's just crazy, crazy to think about. But yeah, it, 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 it was some of the names we're going to talk about here too. Like it, it makes no sense why it didn't work. <clears throat> it, it's exactly right. That's exactly right. It, it should have worked. They had the money. They had the resources. They had the history. They had the talent. I mean, everything was there to be successful. Um, yep. So, and, and I'll well, we'll 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 get into this later. Um, so, why'd you pick this match? Yeah, so this was one, it was just kind of nestled in between, like, some of these random, like, January is always tough because there's not a ton of pay-per-views going on, and so, um, you know, really until we get to the Rumble, um, you know, depending on when that is, and so this is one just trying to slot in a little bit something different here, like, we had New Japan last week, I've actually got WCW this week, uh, Ring of Honor actually next week, and then we'll start getting back into a bunch of WWE, but trying to, especially this year, I think I said at the end of last year, I wanted to try and cover some matches that like you know there's really no rhyme or reason for covering other than like hey we saw it online and somebody was posting about how good it was again or like just these kind of hidden gem type things like we got a bad one i think eventually here on the list that yeah i know i i know i have but um you know eventually as we as the year goes on but also like we need to talk about that it's important to wrestling history but this is one where we all know the cruisers were extremely um undervalued and what they provided this is like four of the top names ever in cruiserweight wrestling with some of these guys, and at least in WCW. And so, um, and who doesn't like, as you said too, like who doesn't love sold out 1999? Like it just, like you're going to go through the card here. Like there, there is some, uh, uh, do we even crack three stars? Yeah. This was the only match that really, uh, cracked three stars on this one. So oh, the wrestling um, was terrible. Yeah. So, but we'll let you get into that, but yeah, just, uh, um, yeah. Hey, why not? You know? All right, let's get into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. 
Hey, you you alluded to it. Not a lot of not a lot of great wrestling on this one. I mean, some of it is you know the talent themselves, but I, I think a lot of it was you know you know you can you can shit on Vince McMahon all you want, but when someone has a contract that's heavily based on incentives, guess what? They perform more. They work a little harder. They put together better matches. They take more physical risks. So these guys, I mean, what was the incentive for these guys to go out and beat themselves up? when they had a failing company and a guaranteed contract for the next four yep. years. Yep. Right. Uh, January 17th, 1999, of course, we're at the Charleston civic center in Charleston, West Virginia. And to my point, 10,833 in attendance, mm-hmm. 10,000 for a B yeah. pay-per-view of a B promotion. That was, you know, not long for this world. If you can really call it that even, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Benoit defeats Mike Enos in 10 minutes by submission. Norman Smiley defeats Chavo Guerrero by submission in 15 minutes. Fit Finley defeats Van Hammer by pinfall in 7 minutes. Bam Bam Bigelow defeats Wrath by pinfall in 9 minutes. Lex Luger, accompanied by Miss Elizabeth, defeats Conan by submission in 9 minutes. The three submission finishes in the first five matches. Crazy. In the yeah. sixth match... Chris Jericho defeats Perry Satter by submission. So now four of six matches end in submission. Uh, loser had to wear a dress, which is you remember Perry Saturn would go on to wear the dress. Uh, that was an 11 minute match. Then our match that we're going to cover um, in your second to last match, Rick and David Flair uh, defeated Kurt Henning and Barry Windham by pinfall in 13 minutes. And then in your main event, Goldberg defeats Scott Hall in a stun gun ladder match. Why were they in a stun gun ladder match? Well, because uh, Scott Hall cost Goldberg his streak and his title uh, via a stun gun the month before. Uh, This was not good. Quarter of a star, dud, um, you know, just brutal. The the main event surprisingly got – what three and a half stars? So not mm-hmm. not horrible. But oh yeah, yeah, really, really one good match on this this card that we're going to cover. So I know there was a lot of chaos surrounding the uh, cruiserweights. How did we get these four in the ring together? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'll start uh, I'll play with all four here. That kind of overlaps a little bit. But first, it was kind of Kidman and Guerrero. We had a lot going on. And so um, we're looking at following the flocks disbanding, as we all know, fan of the show. Uh, you know, fans love him. Raven, uh, the flock disbanding. Kidman actually started kind of changing his gimmick. He was clean cut face, all that stuff. Fan favorite. Uh, he actually beat Juventud Guerrero to win his first Cruiserweight champion. That was September 14th, 1998 on Nitro. Uh, so this sold out show pl- taking place January 17th, 1999. And so just a couple months. And also I want to remind everyone, like it was rare while well, the cruisers were on and they might've gotten like a title change. Like the belt was changing mostly on the weekly show. So it was September nitro. Um, he actually really, that was, he held the belt for a while. And so, um, his first pay-per-view title defense though, was actually against, uh, disco inferno, Halloween havoc, 1998, uh, Kidman retained that one. Uh, and then it was nitro again. He lost the belt back to Guerrero, uh, but then regained it in a rematch, which was World War Three, of course, back in uh, Auburn Hills, Michigan on this one. So 
He then, um, Kidman actually joined Rey Mysterio. Uh, it was actually uh, feuding against the Latino World Order, uh, LWO, as we all know, kind of made the return now in WWE. Uh, Starcade to end out the year, Kidman defended uh, against Guerrero once again and Mysterio. It was a triangle match. Um, but that one you had uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, who was the leader of the LWO at the time, challenging Kidman to immediate match afterward, which Kidman accepted and then also won that one uh with help from mysterio uh psychosis not kind of involved in some of this he was actually spring stampede in 1998 um he beat la parka you got to go back that far for him to really be involved in stuff uh him joining lwo um and it was literally actually this week uh it was when you had flair disbanding the lwo some storyline stuff going on there which we'll talk about um on nitro and then ray finally as we all know like he had the feud with lwo and that was happening uh, wouldn't join the kind of feuding with Guerrero, especially Eddie Guerrero, especially, um, you know, they had a match in August or him and psychosis did. So kind of playing into that as well, which would have been August or it rode wild. Um, he actually lost a match to Eddie. So has forced to join the group. And so again, this is when Kidman joined him with the feud, um, you know, continuing that going on. And so, like I said, you had that triangle match um, eventually with these guys. So they, I guess, I guess to say, as I, or as I like to say, they were all in each other's universes. There was some good stuff going on here. You know, Latino world order is still very popular um, with, with what WWE is doing it. Um Everybody like Selena Vega has finally found her kind of niche with that stuff. But really, I, you know, I hate to say it too. This was, you know, while these guys were having matches, kind of one-offs or triples or whatever, like it was just sadly like at this time. And we know this now, it was just another cruiserweight match on the card. And like you said, there's no reason for them to go out and have the match that they did, but they did. And that's why we're watching it. Yep. Well, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, for nostalgic purposes and like you said four of the four of the all-time greats so uh hour 42 into sold out 1999 hour 42 jeff are you ready getting it pulled up yeah i'll be ready to go man all right it's time for the payoff oh it's time for the payoff you got ray coming out young ray baby ray jesus i i know isn't that wild man it's just wild. It's just crazy to see. Yeah. So I do want a, a little bit of trivia. It's been a while since we've had some trivia. It has nothing to do with these guys in the match here. I don't know if you saw recently. It was Jericho posted on because uh, we he was on this card. So I did want to give you this piece of trivia. Um, <clears throat> the last ever main event in WWF. Included Chris Jericho and who? This would have been May 5th, a Sunday, 2002. It was uh, headlined by Chris Jericho and who was his opponent at the time? I have no idea. This was the last ever, like I said, WWF show. Chris Jericho as the challenger taking on the champion from Hollywood, California, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Wow. As the final ever WWF match. Yep. Huh. I never I knew believe that. that when I saw it. Yeah, there you go. 
You know, I actually saw it. I saw a Hogan Jericho match um, at a SmackDown taping uh, in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yep. This was I at the. Ma- uh, oh, good. Well, no, I was going to say it would have been. I think it was my senior year of high school. Uh, it was. It was pretty cool. I mean, I'm like, wow, I'm getting to watch Hulk Hogan is, and he was. It was when he was champion when yep. he beat Triple H. It was right, right around there. It was really cool. That was yeah. ironically that was the same show where I'm sitting there and we sat like right by the entrance in the like hundred level, but like yeah. it's those seats, it's those like limited view seats where you can't see the screen sometimes yeah. or the entrance. Yeah. And uh, some guy like th- sits down to my right, a couple seats down. It was Teddy Long. Oh shit! <laughs> I sat there and bull- I, I sat there and bullshit with him for like an hour. Awesome. What? Yeah. So I want to put this match is weird. Um, you have Kidman. Oh, so and, they have to tag in. Yes, they have to tag in. Oof. Um, you have Ray and Kidman in the ring, but then Psychosis and Guerrera are in the corners waiting to be tagged in. And so, um, I'll talk about it in the aftermath. But really, just a like a super weird setup, plain and simple. Like it just, yeah. Um, what's your timestamp? Where am I at here? Uh, 144, 50, 51, 52. Perfect. Me, me, me too. Me too. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, we're good. Um, and so, yeah, so these guys, yep. And so they're not even paying attention. Like, why Why not tag yourself in? Oh, there you go. So Ray tagging psychosis in at this point. It doesn't seem happy about but why it. Would you, but why would you tag someone in? Because they could get the pin. Is it? It's not an elimination match, is it? No, no. So then why and would you ever tag anyone in? Right. Or why wouldn't you be this trying is, to tag yourself in when somebody's in the corner? Right. This this is this is why WCW went out of business. And there you go, Kidman tagging in Guerrera. It's funny for whatever reason. I'm. I, I are you? Do you see subtitles on your screen? I don't. <laughs> okay, I do just because probably some Peacock setting or something that I can't figure out. But the announcers are saying, "Well, why would you tag yourself? Why would you tag yourself yeah. out?" Yep. The only thing I can think is that Ray was winded. And now they're explaining the rules. Just makes no sense. No, I mean, obviously these are great workers, but what a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I was laughing the other day. So, you know, obviously it's been speculated that Warner may own uh, part of AEW. I think the speculation was that they had a 20% stake in, in AEW. Anyway, what what I find funny though is it's like, you know, what would have been better is just hanging on to WCW this whole time and not making it go out of business. Like you yeah. just think of, and I, and I know big companies, so it's like, but still, WCW. Let's say they just kept going. Maybe they're, you know, way smaller than, you know, uh, obviously a WWE. It's still like a billion dollar brand. So it's yeah. like just crazy to think, oh, well, we're going to spend all this money on wrestling or we need to spend money on wrestling or, mm-hmm. you know, like if you had a crystal ball and you knew what people were paying for content, you would have said, God, we just need to make this WCW thing work so that we have, you know, six hours a week of content. Well, what do you mean six hours a week of content? Well, we have a two hour show on Mondays. We have a two hour show on Thursdays and we have a two hour, you know, reality block, or we have a Saturday show. I mean, you just think of like, what's the value of, you know, six hours a week of content that's actually somewhat highly rated. 
I mean, it's, it's hundreds of millions of dollars a year and they yep. could have owned that content and produced that content. So it's just, it's just pretty wild. Now these guys don't want to tag in, don't understand this at all. Uh, right. but, you, but you understand what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, totally. It's just incredibly stupid and short-sighted to allow WCW to die even if for nothing else, the video library would have been worth something, but Mm -hmm. oh, well. Yep. At this point, like I, you know, in we've all, you and I have read the rumors too. like AEW is not financially viable in the long term unless they get a big TV deal. Uh, You know, I figure how many people are under the roster, even if you say, yeah, or who, who's under contract right now. Um, you know, and and where are they losing money? Like, um, it, it just you know, it's kind of crazy to think about that. I I take a lot of respect. You know, like I said, I've come around on Punk. Um, I think that it's been very interesting because like he's been at the PC most weeks, um, working with some of the NXT people. A lot of them posting photos and stuff like that. Like. I enjoy the split screen of Cora Jade when she was like a teenager and then now her getting the photo with him, which was kind of cool. Um, but a lot of them, and it, it seems to me, and I think this is just the kind of behind the scenes stuff where you wonder how much, like it wasn't going on at WCW. I don't think it's going on at AEW where like there isn't a good training system in place. Like, and, and while we shit on WCW or excuse me, WWE producing a lot of the same people because of how their training methods are at the same time, it works. And so, and we're getting high quality people that have come out of that system and developmental and are great to watch on TV are great to see. I think unlike AEW, like people, again, no matter how you feel about punk, like he knows how the industry works. He's really smart. Like we said last week, like one of his biggest fans is HBK. And I sent you that, that who is it, one of the fightful or whatever it says, like punk may one day succeed HBK. And I was like, this is insanity. Like, are you kidding me? But then also like, you know, Hey, if they get along, like who would have said, you know, 20 years ago, who would have said HBK would have been a coach at the performance center who would have said triple H you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley would have been the guy that is now going to be running WWE creative. Like it just, so who knows? Like you said, you no know, punk. I think you said last week, punk's got 10 years easy, whether that's in the ring, whether that's, you know, behind the scenes, who knows? But like, dude, like I, I like he said, nobody would ever come to him for advice. Like nobody, like none of the younger wrestlers, like, and I feel like that's just an added a mentality thing of like, Ooh, big power bombs on the outside. Yikes. Um, oh. Like, yeah, these, these guys just like, why wouldn't you want to get some of that knowledge? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So yeah. I, like, you know, I, I had the thought the other day and I didn't text you. I was like, how many, do we want to take a bet on whether or not, like how many more years AEW has? Like I, I just like do we say like by well, twenty twenty eight the, the estimate the estimates the estimates they lost thirty million dollars yeah so the 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 question becomes how how long does you know does Tony Khan and Tony Khan's family and I don't know how the money works inside their family like I don't know if you know it's Tony's money or if he has to ask his dad permission I I don't know how it works I mean I I don't know. I mean, that's it's 30 million, 30 million. And I get it. You know, it takes money to make money and you got to make an investment and this and that, you know, they may get a new TV deal that makes them profitable. I have no idea. Um, but losing 30 million a year is not sustainable unless 
you're comfortable losing that kind of money. And mm -hmm. they've got big ass contracts and they're going to have to continue uh, spending money. Every contract that comes up, the money is going to go up for. So, oh, we got a new TV deal that gives us $100 million more. Well, how much more of that are you going to have to spend on uh, your talent? You know, it, it's yep. it's tricky. So it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, I you know, a lot of it, you know, you can say whatever you want, but a lot of it's just going to come down to what is the Khan family's appetite for investing in this product and trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, but you just look at that roster. You look at what these guys cost. I mean, what do you think Chris Jericho makes a year? Oh, God. I mean, it's got to be a couple million bucks. E easy. Yeah, I was going to say probably 2.5 or something like it. Sure. The bucks. Just, yeah. couple million bucks. Uh, Omega, yeah. Page, MJF. I mean, you know, I, I just I just routed off 10 million of, of, of salaries easily. Um, they're running these big buildings. They're not drawing crowds. They have astronomical production costs to produce a show. That's just what it costs. They don't run house shows merchandise is great but it's not a needle mover the video game didn't work didn't sell yeah, anything the game was terrible yeah <clears throat> so you know where where are you making money oh well pay-per-view well okay you have a hundred thousand buys um at what they're making a profit of 25 uh dollars per per pay-per-view so 25 yeah. uh okay so you know, we're making a couple million, you know, we're making some money there, but we're doing like six of those. And, you know, it, there's production costs that go into that. And, you know, you just start going through it and you're like, it's, it's gotta be tough to, of course they're losing money. And, and the, 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 the hard part is that the popularity is not gaining, you know, they're not bringing new people in. Why are they not new bringing new people in? Because they're not doing anything that makes a casual fan or a non-fan want to join. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it, there's too much inside baseball. Um, there's nothing more than wrestling. There's not any compelling storylines that make people go. I will, um, I'll, I'll tell you another thing. I, 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 I hate it because I love the guy, but edge doesn't move the needle. Yeah. He, yeah, I saw the hour by hour, the minute by minute, or whatever, which I don't know how to properly break that down. But they said like Edge wasn't moving the needle like he needed to. Yeah, when he was when a he main, w when he made evented a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it it is clear that WWE made the determination that we like you, Edge. We want you to have a place here, but you're not Brock Lesnar. You're not CM Punk. You're not a major attraction, and. I think that probably hurt his feelings, but it was the truth. So yep. why why does a guy like Edge or a guy like Christian go to AEW? Well, they have creative freeman and uh, freedom, and they can be on the top of the card. So it it, it makes sense. It makes sense why you wouldn't you know make Edge a mega star, and it makes sense why he would go somewhere else. So it's it. But I I didn't realize I I thought Edge was bigger than he was, and. It turns out he, he really just, you know, metrically doesn't move the needle um, yep. like a like a major star. He's not uh, a Randy Orton. He's not a CM Punk. He's not a Roman Reigns. He's not a Brock Lesnar. And I kind of thought of him that same way, but I understand why they why they didn't. You know, another guy, and I hate to say it because I like the guy, but another guy that's probably in that category is an AJ Styles. Mm -hmm. He's been out for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. I oh. mean, they look, they have they have a lot of data that we don't have. Oh and, yeah, 
you know, those numbers don't lie. And they there's a lot of data that goes into, you know, merch sales and social media engagement and, you know, minute by minute TV ratings and focus groups. And, you know, they, they know sometimes better than we do what people care about. Uh, we have devolved. This is no longer a tag match. Um, it's all for, we've got like psychosis is about uh, Ray and Kidman have kind of been working together. Ooh, and Psychosis doing like a suicide Jeez. dive. <laughs> Ray and Kidman laying There's been out. some crazy-ass spots in this match. They've been out outside of the ring a lot. Yeah, fly have fun. I did pull up here. This says uh, Jericho has reportedly been on a $3 million per year deal since his last three-year contract extension in 2021. And will be paid even more when his new contract comes into effect, which they're saying uh, he re-signed a deal. It would run through 2025 maybe early 2026 with his uh, Jericho's existing contract doesn't expire until January 24. So it just, there's all kinds of weird numbers out there, but even if you say, Oh, 3 million is the number. And even if it went up to 3.5 or four, like, okay, like, there you go. Like, I get why you want that guy on TV then, because otherwise he's sitting in, you know, catering, yeah. making, you know, that's like Shoei Otani numbers there where he's making, you know, every second he's making 200 bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, how, how many guys do you have making that kind of money? Oh, well, there's six of them. Okay, well, there's 20 million bucks right there. Maybe 25 million bucks right there. Even you say tw- yeah, 20 guys, men or women maybe, are making, even if you say 2 million, like that, okay, like there you go. Like yeah, you're – at what point does Shad Khan say, uh, no? And also, like, you know, that's why I talked about the ring. That was a Kidman win there, I believe. Boom. Was a three Kidman yeah, shooting star press. He hit it for of the win. Yeah. One of my favorite finishers ever. Yep. In WC. And his was just, his was cool too, because it wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't the gymnastics one. It was more kind of like real the way he did it. I always loved it. Yeah. That. It always looked great. Yep. Absolutely. Good match. Okay. So Kidman's your champion. Still I, champ. I, yep. Retaining, not yeah, a fan retaining. of the ring gear, not a fan of the ring gear. I always thought it yeah. looked very minor league, um, but big, big Kidman fan. So, all right, that was fun, dude. I mean, they're showing some of the replays now. I mean, you just look at this stuff like that was that was pretty sick right there. The the finish was awesome. Um, this was towards the end, right? Oh, no, that was a little earlier, but I mean, just really, really fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I like the match, yeah, um, for sure, you know. Little little spot festy, a uh, little clunky with the four way thing, but uh, once they all got in the ring, I thought it was really good. So, all right, let's get to the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. All right, what'd you think? Very good. Hey, you know, good stuff. It was a good match. Like, yeah, you're showing the shooting star right now. Like, yeah, just really good looking. Uh, I should have started not as a tag match because that's not how it finished, but it still was a. You know, good match. Fans are going crazy for it after the win here, so that that's a good sign. And so, yeah, it was good. I liked it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I really did. Didn't good. love it, but I liked it. So, what we had after this one, of course, Kidman just retaining the title. A lot of different challengers: Chavo Guerrero Jr., Super Brawl, Mikey Whipwreck at Uncensored. Eventually lost the title to Mysterio on Nitro. Uh, March fifteenth is when that one happened. Uh, Ray. He actually, uh, like we talked about before the show, you had the two NWO factions reforming at this point. And so they wanted the LWO disbanded. And so Mysterio at this point refusing to take off the LWO colors after um, 
that and or you know or initially not being wanting to be a part of it and so it was attacked by nwo um he actually ended up it was uh the match at super brawl 9 february 21st mysterio and conan had a hair versus mask match against kevin nash and scott hall which resulted in ray mysterio losing his mask um and then he went on to become the giant killer because he beat kevin nash bam bam bigelow scott norton a couple others uh guerrero he actually became an announcer on thunder in order to remain uh on tv while he was rehabbing an injury um he actually defeated jushin thunder liger uh to win the iwgp junior heavyweight championship out of new japan this would have been uh late 1999 um and then he actually would lose the title back because it was a weird substitution here uh as the notes i said guerrero and jerry flynn were arrested for dui thus no showed at the show and so uh whoops um so that was how his the end of his 1999 capped off and then psychosis uh what do we got here beat blitzkrieg hubitu guerrero and ray mysterio in a four-way to win the championship for the first time on april 19th uh and then ray mysterio won it back one week later so yeah um where do we got the rankings on this one? From top to bottom here, Hooventude was 62, Psychosis was 40, Billy Kidman was 31, Rey Mysterio number four. Uh, the torch on this one, Kidman pinned Hooventude to retain the title in a four corners match with Psychosis and Rey Mysterio. Excellent high spot action throughout, uh, including a lot of catapults over the top rope onto the floor. Kidman and Ray worked together, as did Psychosis. Uh, as did Psychosis and Ray. Uh, Kidman favored his shoulder after putting Juventude out with a great shooting star press. The match had an internal logic to it despite all the chaotic action. A few mistimed moves at the end. Three and a half stars. Um, uh, as usual, this was uh, be best match, actually the only match getting votes uh, from the Observer. Uh, as usual, these guys were the show stealers. Poor Tony Schiavone announced early in the show that Kevin and Mysterio had won the coin flip and would start. Then when Guerrero's music was second, he said that Guerrero must have won the coin flip, and he said Kidman would start. Then Mysterio Jr. started with Kidman. The fans started chanting USA. Schiavone then explained, and I'm not making this up, how the rules of this match make no sense sense and there is no logic yeah. in every tagging out under the ever ever tagging out under these rules of course he's right but that begs the next question why book the rules to make no sense uh four stars on this one from dave Meltzer. uh shooting star yeah a bunch of reversals yada yada four stars so uh four stars three and a half stars kind of a crazy uh tony shivani calling it out the rules make no sense where are you gonna put this one with your score buddy I got this at a six. Mm -hmm. Like the match itself was really good, but kind of made no sense. Like it wasn't bad, but it, you know, probably with a little bit of logic could have been a lot better. What about you? Yeah, I'm right there with you. It just doesn't, whatever. Like it does, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. But it was still good. And so I'm, I'm at a six as well. Um, because yeah, it's just like, whatever, like, okay, this is what we got. So, all right. There you so, go. Send them home happy, of course. Don't forget manscaped.com using our promo code PAYOFF. That's getting you 20% off free shipping everything in the store, um, as well as Caldera and Lab menswear as well, or excuse me, men's uh, grooming and, and kind of products as well. Make sure you're checking that out as well. So PAYOFF on the code on that one. You got manscaped.com, calderaandlab.com, um, just all kinds of good stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Well, this was fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
As always, we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next week on an all-new episode of The Bad.